know, I, I wanted to write a book about the prophetic that the whole church could engage with, not just the charismatics. Because as I said earlier, you know, we, 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 it's not just, the, it's not us. It doesn't belong to us, <laughs> the prophetic. It belongs to everybody. Catholics, Methodists, Baptists, you know, um, every part of the worldwide church, the prophetic belongs to the whole body of Christ. So I wanted to write a book that every stream denomination flavour of church could engage with. Welcome to The Prophecy Project, an accessible prophecy podcast. In each episode, we explore some aspect of prophecy, from theology and practical aspects of hearing God, through to leading healthy prophetic cultures and exploring how prophecy can enhance local mission. Accessible Prophecy is a global ministry that helps individuals grow in the prophetic and helps local churches grow healthy and mature prophetic cultures. And now here are your hosts, Andrew Hill and Christine Wanstall. It's great to have you back with us on the Prophecy Project. Andrew, how are you? Oh, I'm not too bad. I've got a bit of a croaky throat, but I think um, that is just par for the course in Melbourne's winter, isn't it? It absolutely is. It ab- absolutely is. And this week I'm actually in New Zealand, so I am coming to you from windy Wellington, um, and I have to say it's seven degrees over here, which um, I'm wondering because we have an amazing guest, Kath Livesey, with us tonight. Um I'm wondering, Kath, what's the temperature like in hot England? Is it still? <laughs> have you still got the heat wave happening? No, no. The, the fortunately, the two-day heat wave has passed. Um, I, I live in in Sheffield, which is considered northern England. So, if if you're in London, it's still fairly hot. Um, but it's. I think we're going to get up to about 19 degrees today, and there's a bit of a breeze. Um, so, yeah. No, no, normally, Sheffield does. 19 20 21 you know in in august so it's not hot but it's pleasant the sun's shining the sky's blue what more do you want so i i do remember being over in sheffield in june one year and it hit 25 degrees and i made sure i had a cardigan and everyone in england was in singlets and shorts (laughs) yeah and sunbaking yeah, yeah, we tend to go a bit crazy when it does get hot because it's so rare. Yeah, and and I tell you, those two heatwave days when it hit, it hit, I think thirty nine in Sheffield. Oh um, wow! And and I was actually in York visiting my mum, and it, I think it hit forty in York, and we just can't cope because we don't have air conditioning, and you know, nobody slept because it was so hot at night. So, as much as we love the heat, that was too hot, you know, even for us. So. That would be melting candle yeah. weather. Yeah, it was crazy. That's amazing. And worrying yeah. as well, you know, just in terms of the bigger picture and climate change. Yeah. Absolutely. And so yeah. here you are in the middle of winter, in the middle of summer and it's 19 degrees, and we're in the middle of winter and it was 19 degrees here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> today. Yeah, it's 14 at the moment. We're having a heat wave in winter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kath, we're so excited about having you on today because – we're here to talk about your new book. Would you like to tell us about it? Sure. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, so it's called Holy Disruption. And for those of you who are aware of my first book, My Sheep Have Ears, that was very much for every single follower of Jesus who wants to learn how to hear his voice. It was it was quite a, a, a personal piece. Um, 
and I, I love that first book. Holy Disruption, it's quite different in that in some ways I feel that this is a book I've written for the whole church. I, I, I don't want that to sound grandiose in any way, but this is a, I think it, its central message is, is a message for the whole body of Christ. And it's a book, in, in writing this book, I wanted to help the whole church. So every stream, every denomination, every single local parish church reclaim its prophetic identity and rediscover its prophetic voice. And yeah, gosh, what, what on earth does does that mean? So in the book, I do a deep dive into what we actually mean by the word prophetic. You know, um, it's the word that we use a lot. You know, we bandy it around a lot in the church. But what does it mean? What does the prophetic mean? We look at prophecy. We look at prophets. And in in the book, I look at how, yes, individual prophets are, are really, really important. I, I spent a chapter, whole chapter looking at the role of the Old Testament prophets and then what it means to be what you call like a new covenant, a New Testament prophet. But really at the very heart of this book is exploring our shared identity as a prophetic body of people. And as much as we want to welcome the role of the individual prophet, I, I think a deeper question is what does it mean to be a prophetic church? So together as a body, we carry the revelation of the triune God. We carry God's words of healing and restoration and peace into the broken world around us. So it's, yeah, exploring this idea of a shared prophetic identity with collective prophetic consciousness, shared prophetic intelligence. So, yeah, it, it was quite a deep dive. And I'll, I'll be really honest, the, my first book, My Sheep Have Ears, was a relatively easy book to write, you know, just lots and lots of personal experience. The second book, Holy Disruption, it's been much harder because I've, I've had to read and research and explore um, many different aspects of, of the prophetic um different streams i mean i've really enjoyed all the research i've had to do quite a deep theological dive and recognize that and i think this will make sense to some of our listeners um you know my my tribe is what i would call the british mainstream charismatic church you know so definitely charismatic we we love the holy spirit um but with, with you know in England it's fairly mainstream it's not crazy crazy charismatic but you know that that's my tribe that's my home um but recognizing through the research I've done for this book that um we're not the only ones that get the prophetic we're, we're not the only ones my, my tribe the charismatic world the charismatic world you know we, we don't have an exclusive claim on the on the prophetic it's so much broader and wider and more holistic than that so starting to kind of dig into uh, the justice side of of the prophetic as well and yeah so um yeah that that that's a little bit of an introduction yeah <laughs> that's good Kath, i was i was i was taken with the the sections that that i've been able to read at this point in time but there was one there was one phrase that i i was totally captured by and I, i'm going to read it you said you said our core purpose 
is carrying the revelation of God. Mm. And, and I sat there and I went, oh, my goodness, that that sat with me and as I, and as i read it it was one of those it was one of those phrases that i thought oh that that's an amazing phrase but can you can you just unpack that a little bit for us like talk to us about what that what that means our core purpose carrying the revelation of god talk to us a little just a little bit about that yeah sure well I, I took a, in in my attempts to um, define the prophetic. I, I talk about how it's it's holding out uh, God's reality so that it could be seen and and heard and responded to, and so that transformation can happen through that. So that that's where I start from. And then, yeah, this core purpose carrying the revelation of God. Well, when 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 you look at the the Israelites, you know, the the Old Testament. And how God invited them into a covenant relationship and how a, a really cool part of that was to carry the revelation of the one God. And this was in a context where every other culture, tribe around them, you know, they they worship many gods, you know. Um, so this this call to carry to carry the truth of no it's one god it's yahweh <laughs> mm. that was so radical in those days um and yeah so, so that you're starting to see this prophetic call in ancient israel yeah, there is one god yahweh and and our role as the people of israel is is to carry that revelation in into the mm. darkness around us but then as we move into the New Testament, uh, it goes even deeper that actually the, the church of God, the church of Jesus is called to carry the revelation of the Trinity because, you know, that, that's the, the deeper truth that we get in the New Testament, that we go from Yahweh to Trinity. We go from Yahweh to Father, Son, Spirit. And this is such a profound revelation, again, completely radical. <laughs> you know, we're still getting our heads around it. Yeah. But, as, yeah, I, I think that's our primary prophetic task as the church to say to the world that this is God. This is who God is, you know, your heavenly father who's, who's who loved you from the beginning of time. Jesus, your savior and the Holy Spirit, who's, who's you know, your best friend. Um that's the revelation that the church can carry to every single person, to every broken community, to every city, nation. So, yeah, so, you know, so we, we could unpack it and explore yeah. it, um, but that's just a, yeah, a little. Yeah, that's beautiful. That. Yeah, that, that's so, really good. And I like how you talked there around the expression of the Trinity, because I think in the book what comes through, one of the themes that I see woven through is this call for prophets not to go it alone, mm. um, to be part of community. Can, can you just unpack that for us? Yeah, so I, I think what, one of the unfortunate tendencies um, with the prophetic role and calling, you know, so we, we, we're talking about this from a five, five-fold perspective, aren't we? You know, mm. Ephesians 4, we know that Jesus has given prophets to his church as well as apostles, evangelists, shepherds and teachers. So who are these prophets, you know, these one in five? What what does it mean to be called and shaped as a prophet? So, you know, and unfortunately, 
um, fortunately, in, in, in recent years, there's been lots of great teaching around the fivefold. And I think that has enabled those of us who are shaped that way, why that way to un really understand, yeah, this is what Jesus has called me to be. But I think historically there's been a tendency for people who are wired this way to be a little bit distant from the body of, of Christ, um, to tend towards isolation, to kind of hover on the edges of the church. And, and part of that, it's very understandable. You know, if a church doesn't understand the prophetic role, you know, unfortunately, sometimes prophets get controlled or, you know, um, rejected, misunderstood. And I've met plenty of prophets who've unfortunately experienced all of that. And it makes it really hard for them to you know, really dig deep into community. But when we look at the prophetic role of ministry in the New Testament, its home is the church. Um, it, it was OK for the Old Testament prophets. You know, they were operating a very different context. And some of them, it was a very lonely role. But, you know, we're new covenant. We're, we're new covenant. It's a, it's a it's a it's a totally different ball game. So if we are a prophet, you know, and I speak as a prophet myself, then we have to make sure we're embedded in that place of health and safety and accountability, which is the local church. You know, it might be tricky at times you know but we have to do that um and, and i think part of the core role of the fivefold prophet is helping the whole church you know the whole local body of christ wake up to its prophetic identity so it's mm. it's not just to be the one that oh kath's a prophet she's going to bring the prophecy now i've heard that so many times oh Kath, you're here. What's God saying to us today? Now, I know that is part of my role, <laughs> you know, but um, I think a bigger part of my role is to say, actually, no, I'm here to help all of us embrace our prophetic identity. I'm here to help everybody in the room learn how to hear God. Um, I'm here to, to help um, nurture and develop that prophetic intelligence which is for everybody just like the apostles are there to help build a healthy apostolic culture around them etc etc so yeah it's choosing community it's choosing accountability it's choose, choosing to have a tender heart towards the church it's it's understanding the, the holistic picture of what it means to be a, a prophet and ultimately, I mean, there's that lovely verse, I think it's in Acts 15, where it's describing a couple of the, the New Testament prophets. I can never remember what verse it is, but I know it's somewhere in the middle of Acts. Um, and, and, they, and it says they did much to encourage and strengthen the, the believers. You know, so it, it's, it's having that tender heart towards the church. I'm here to build up the church, to help the church become mature, not just to stick around on the edges and criticise and, you know, the church mm -hmm. That's great. One of the things that um, I often get asked or, or comes up in workshops um, is this the difference between hearing God within the church. And, and it's almost like we distinguish social justice and God's heart for the poor outside of the church. And one of the things I think that your book does beautifully is actually explore both 
and basically indicate it's both ends. Like I think one of the quotes I loved is, when the church is fully engaged with the prophetic, it's equipped not only to call souls back to God, but also to tangibly express God's concern in society and fight injustice. Can you just explore a bit more for us? How did it come about? Because you talked about the fact that your tribe is, um, you know, the mainstream charismatic church, but how did how does that how did that come about for you? And what was it like for you to explore? that uh, side of social justice and fighting injustice from a prophetic edge. Yeah, and, and I think, Chris, that's one of the things that personally I've loved most about writing this book. I I was really helped by um, Alan Hirsch's teaching. Um, Alan Hirsch, uh, Alan Hirsch who, who's written 5Q and loads of other amazing books. And in his book 5Q he he talks about how when, when we look at the the role of the prophetic church the role of the prophetic community in scripture we we see these he calls these his two dimensions so the vertical dimension and the horizontal dimension and we see these all the way through the old testament um, prophetic ministry we see it in the prophetic ministry of jesus and i i believe the church the prophetic church is called to both so to to, to summarize really briefly that the vertical is and and this is where the typical charismatic church would be more aligned so the vertical dimension of the prophetic is the personal prophecy piece so prophetic ministry in the church prophetic ministry to encourage and strengthen and comfort believers prophetic ministry to help us all in our discipleship journey you know the the prophetic gifts that, that we all love revelation for personal development and alongside that in the vertical dimension uh, there's that prophetic call to pursue God's presence to develop a strong worship culture strong prayer culture so that that's all that the vertical element um, and, and as I say we see that in the Old Testament prophets and in Jesus's ministry but the horizontal dimension this is where we are listening to God and hearing his heart for society around us. So one, one way we could summarise it is that the, that the vertical is for personal transformation, whereas the horizontal is for societal transformation. And yet, because the, the prophetic is always, at the end of the day, about trans, transformation. You know, God speaks to change things, whether it's our hearts or whether it's our neighbourhoods. So the horizontal, yeah, it, it's, and we, we we see this so much in scripture. You know, Amos is a classic example of a horizontal prophet called by God to really challenge the status quo of the society that he was in and to call out injustice, to call out the ways that the poor were getting trodden underfoot. I mean, it's blistering. You know, you, you, you read Amos and, and it's shocking some of the things he has to call out. Um, um, so yeah, um, the, the, the horizontal, it's about, um, pursuing God's heart so that we can grieve with him over injustice so that we can challenge the status quo so that we can speak truth to power. And, and we see this, um, definitely in scripture, we see it in Jesus ministry and there's this very strong church tradition, you know, over the decades, over the centuries of 
of, of people speaking that prophetic word of advocacy on behalf of the poor and oppressed. You know, a great example for us here in the UK is William Wilberforce, um, you know, who he, he was born not, not too far away from me in the northern part of England in, in Hull. And um, he had a real role from God to stand up in our British Parliament and, and advocate uh, to see an end to the transatlantic, transatlantic slave trade. You know, so that's an example of historically of a prophetic voice in that, in that horizontal dimension. Um, yeah, so so they're the two dimensions. And I say the, yeah, I, I think instinctively, I I I'd always um, had a strong yearning to the horizontal. But I think because my particular tribe has been more about the vertical, that, that's where perhaps my practice has got expressed more. But I have gained so much from just exploring that horizontal uh, perspective and, and tradition. And, yeah, just digging deep into the theology of it and how, you know, we can pick up all these signposts that lead us to a really healthy expression with the horizontal and, and, and with both dimensions, you know, but part, part of the journey is recognising that, yeah, there are some unhealthy expressions in both. There are some pitfalls in, in both, but yeah, ultimately we want the church to embrace both. Yeah. Good. You talked to him, Kath, uh, just a little bit before you went into the um, in the book. That is, um, before you, you went into the vertical and the horizontal. You talked about a shift in mindset that's needed, and this is where I picked up that you were really talking to the church. You weren't necessarily talking to individuals. It is a book for the church, as you mm-hmm. said. But that shift in mindset. Are you are you are you getting at that whole idea of you know, there has to be, we have to operate on those two levels or, or what What was that, what was the key shift in mindset that you're really after in the in the church? Like can you, could you summarise it for us? Oh, <laughs> it's quite challenging just to limit <laughs> I know, I put you on the spot there, didn't I? <laughs> limit it to, to one or two. I guess a couple of key shifts and these are probably the, the two challenges in, in, in the book. I mean, there's lots of challenges and, and, minds and yeah, encouragements to shift our mindsets. That there is that whole kind of communal piece I've already touched on. So thinking mm-hmm. beyond the individual profit, but yeah, how do we uh, together as a whole body uh, embrace our prophetic identity? And then, yeah, the, I would say that this the second key mindset shift is wherever we, we're, we are with those two dimensions, seeing that actually to be a Jesus-shaped prophetic culture. We can't just choose one and not the other, or we can't say, yeah, you know, okay, we're we're pursuing the vertical, but it's all right, we've got a food bank, you know, or or, or we do a bit of recycling, you know, we're, we're, we're doing a bit on the horizontal, or, you know, perhaps we're a real social justice church, and we really want to pursue that. And, yeah, we, we can see that the vertical is important. But, you know, we sometimes pray together, so that's okay. But actually, to be a Jesus-shaped prophetic church, we have to fully embrace both and be able to hold both together. And there's going to be some tension there. But, yeah, w- what does it mean to hold both together? What, what does it mean for the um, 
the vertical to work alongside and empower the horizontal? What does it look like for the horizontal to work alongside and empower the, empower the vertical? So, yeah, I would say that's quite a key mindset shift for many, many churches. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's really good. It's a challenge, a really good challenge for us to pick up. It's great. Mm. And, and, and I think a lot of... Um... No, go, yeah, go. you know, and, and, and I can I can feel the tension of that challenge and just some of the folks I'm aware of who, you know, um, have perhaps come from the, 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 the mainstream church and mainstream charismatic church, but have really felt the call of the spirit to start making a stand for justice and and advocacy some of them get sidelined some of them get you know cancelled you know to use a yeah. phrase and i think that's really sad i think with it we, we we shouldn't be fright you know wherever you are we, we shouldn't be frightened of embracing both dimensions sorry chris i'll let you that's good no no that's absolutely fine i mean one of the things that really struck me was your call for churches to discover the social justice dimension of the prophet calling on their particular church mm -hmm. and what does it look like for each church to transform their neighbourhoods and, and to see people, uh, you know, who are in the, the least, the lost, um, rediscover yeah. Jesus um, and be agents of change. And that uh, I think that's just a call we all have to embrace because we do have defaults we do have preferences around where we like to sit but jesus as your title says is the great disruptor uh you know that sense of holy disruption that sits in our lives how did you come to the title of the book how did you land on holy disruption it was quite late in the process and it, it's funny with with my sheep have ears i almost had the title before I wrote the book. With this, with Holy Description, it was so hard. I struggled so long. I think, to be really honest, in the end, it was Anna, my editor, Anna Robinson, amazing editor, if anybody's looking for an editor. Um, I think it was her that, I, I must have used the phrase Holy Description somewhere in the book. And she said, Kath, have you thought of using Holy Description? And then it was, ah, oh, yeah, that's it. Because for a while I was toy I was toying with calling it presence and justice as a way of summarising, you know, the, the vertical and horizontal. But, you know, it, I, I never loved it, but I couldn't come up with anything. But, yeah, so it, full disclosure, I think it was Anna Robinson's suggestion. But, yeah, I, I, I think it works really, really well. And I've had lots of really good feedback about it. As then. And I think particularly for this time we're in for the you know, where we are in the 21st century, it feels like a, a, a good title. So. Absolutely. I think it's, I mean, I think it's actually an incredibly prophetic mm. title given the last two or three years that we've gone through and things just don't seem to be yeah. settling back into normal rhythm. So I think it's actually a really timely word for all of us to have. What led you to write the book? Because um, you know, everyone tells me how easy it is to write a book. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Well, I, I would say there was a few strands. Um, I think 
um, you know, starting as I would with a very prophetic strand, I, I did feel a real call from the Holy Spirit. I think somebody had given me a prophetic word about you know, new books, the details of it. Um, so, yeah, that, I would say that was the first element of why I wrote it. Um, and, and another really an initial starting point is is 5Q. So as I said, Alan Hirsch has written 5Q book, but there's also a, a, a big organisation behind that now called the 5Q Collective, and I'm involved with that. And I'm one of the key people heading up PQ, which is the prophetic part of 5Q. I won't go into too many details with, with all of that. But um, in some ways, you know, Alan got the ball rolling with writing 5Q. And uh, for those who haven't read 5Q, it's it's looking at you know, the apostolic function, the prophetic function, the evangelistic function, et cetera, et cetera. So it is this, what does it mean for the church itself to embrace these different roles and, and functions? So having got involved with 5Q, I felt, yeah, it'd be really good for me to write what we could call the PQ book. Um, so, so there was that. There was also a personal piece for me as a prophet. Uh, a fivefold prophet, knowing how there is such a lack of understanding about about the role of of prophets um, a, across the church historically, and I, I very much touch on this in in my sheep have ears, but I wanted to just dig a little bit deeper uh, to help the church, to help church leaders, and to help um, prophets. I, I'm fortunate I've been part of a church that has thoroughly embraced fivefold thinking. So, you know, it, it's totally normal for people to say, oh, such and such is an apostle, here's a prophet, you know, here's a shepherd. But that's quite rare, I think. Um, so, yeah, I've just got this heart to help every single fivefold prophet make sense of their role and calling and wiring, you know, to, to, to release them into all that Jesus has shaped them to be. So, that was part of the motivation for writing the book, just doing a deeper dive into who prophets are, what it means to be called as a prophet, how to thrive as a prophet. Um, and then I think the, the, the perhaps the final reason I'll mention for why I came to write um, uh, this book was, you know, I've, I've talked about my tribe, the Charismatics, and I love the Charismatic movement, tradition, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to write a book about the, prophetic that the whole church could engage with not just the charismatics because as i said earlier you know we we we, we it's not just the, it's not us it doesn't belong to us <laughs> the prophetic it belongs to everybody catholics methodists baptists you know um every part of the worldwide church the prophetic belongs to the whole body of christ so i wanted to write a book that every stream denomination flavor of church could engage with um, so it, who knows? It, this book might annoy some of my extremely charismatic friends. <laughs> They'll probably say it's not charismatic enough, but no, <laughs> that goes beyond the charismatic church. As much as I love the charismatic church, this is for everybody. So it's about thinking outside the box, and as I say in the introduction, it's about taking that thirty thousand foot view of the prophetic landscape to get the really big picture. Yeah, yeah so. So good, so good. So, Kath, how can people get hold of you? Yeah, so the official launch date is the 1st of September, which is, I think it's, I think that's actually four weeks today. 
and we're recording as we are on, on the 4th of August um, and we're, we're um, I haven't got a final date for pre-orders but I'm hoping by the end of next week so kind of mid-August that um, your people will be able to pre-order it like on Amazon or, or anything and if there are any um, church leaders or, or, or ministry leaders who would like who'd be interested in a bulk order then get in touch um, I'm sure Chris Andrew can put my email address on the show notes um, and you know I'm very happy to sort out some Absolutely. bulk orders I've already got a couple of those lined up you know and we'll give discounts for bulk orders but yeah pre-orders should be available very very soon if you check out the Accessible Property Facebook page, that's you know, where everybody can just go and, and keep an eye on things. Um, but yeah, it'll be available through all the you know, usual places. Amazon, Kindle, e-readers. Yeah, awesome. Kath, it's been an absolute joy to talk to you. You are truly, I think, one of the amazing prophetic people who bring the depth of knowledge and just that voice into our church and our society today to really challenge us to truly live out how God desires us and our churches to be um, as a Jesus, I think your term as a Jesus-shaped church. So I'm incredibly grateful. And I think I emailed you saying my heart sang as I was just like devouring the book um, just to see it written and to encapsulate it in such a clear and amazing way. So thank you so much for chatting to us. And we just pray, pray enormous blessings on you and the book launch. So thanks so much for chatting with us tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Prophecy Project. We hope you've been encouraged as you've listened today. We would love to connect with you. You can do that by following Accessible Prophecy on Instagram and Facebook. If you have a question or topic you would like us to cover, please check the podcast information description for ways that you can connect with us and for links to resources, workshops and coaching. We hope you'll join us for the next Prophecy Project podcast.